You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Roll Pod, an Alabama sports podcast from Bama 247. I am staff writer Cody Goodwin. Glad you're here joining us today. I've got senior writer John Talty. Going to talk a little bit SEC schedule. Alabama schedules released last night in a two-hour special on ESPN and SEC Network. Also going to talk some bowl matchups because those begin this weekend. But, John, I got to start here. We're 11 days from Christmas. There's holiday music everywhere. What is the best Christmas song? Well, I think as a uh, someone born and raised in uh, New Jersey, I think I have to go with Bruce Springsteen's version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, a uh, little rock version of it. Um, I, I feel like just a great, great performance. Clarence Clemens on the sax. It's it's really good. Um, the other one that I will say that I'll throw out, I love some Darlene Love. Um, I feel like that okay. just, you know, just some strong uh, – Christmas music. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. Like, I feel like because of how busy this time of year is for us, like, I don't know if I, I haven't felt the Christmas spirit yet. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. Uh, so now talking about the music makes me think about it a little bit. Uh, what would, I be, am, uh, I would be your pick? Um, so, uh, all I want for Christmas is a real good tan by Kenny Chesney. Just nice and nice and smooth. Oh, the Kenny Chesney version. Okay. Yeah um trying to think what else he's got he's got a few other island ones because i'm i'm not a huge fan of i'm not i'm not a huge winter person which is funny because i've been covering wrestling for a decade before i came down here um and also vast majority of football season takes place when the weather is colder but just not a fan of snow not a fan of i am a fan of christmas though so like you know some michael buble like he's he's got some good christmas vibes to it a little cheery there um I also grew up on country music. So like any sort of like country music Christmas cover, like I'm all in on like that. Just, I don't know. That sounds like home to me. Um, but then also like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Like that's just a fun little, like it's hard to be mad listening to that song. I don't know if I know that song. It's pretty great. It's uh, I mean, it's um, you know, it's, it's, it's like of the perspective of like a little kid that wants like something unrealistic for Christmas. And it's like, I just like, I want a hippo, you know? Um, the more you know. Just, it's just super catchy, too. I asked, well, so my question earlier this week when Rodak and I were on the pod was um, the best Christmas movie. 
Um, so I figured, you know, what did, with- what did now I'm, I'm, uh, showing myself as somebody who didn't listen, obviously, cause I was going to ask, <laughs> what, did, uh, what did, what did you guys pick? It's um, on my I rotation. Think- I'm behind on podcasts right now. We settled on, uh, um, there were a couple ones, but I think one, one that we both mentioned was elf. Um, yep, love elf. you know, Will Ferrell hard to go wrong there. Um, we also had a brief discussion on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Um, I think, I think it is. I, I I think if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then you could make the case. I'm not saying I am, but I think you can make the case that Harry Potter is also a Christmas movie, just because it's parts it's of those. Yeah, part parts of the series take place during the Christmas holiday, right? So, um, sure. oh, he also said Home Alone. Rodak said Home Alone. So great movie. Yeah. Yeah, so like not not exactly like I mean Elf I guess is very Christmassy because it's obviously about an elf but like, you know, Home Alone's about Christmas but it's like Christmas is like, you know, the 10th most important thing that happens in a movie like that. So you guys weren't doing like a Christmas story or It's a Wonderful Life or any of the more classic ones. Yeah, none of them that actually pull at the the heartstrings. <laughs> more more Christmas adjacent movies is what the, the there's a lot about our team that we're picking like action Christmas movies and not anything that's sentimental in any way. Yeah, right. I mean, I love me some good like I like I like uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, like the the different variations of that. Charlie Brown's Christmas is also good. All the Charlie Brown holiday movies I feel like are pretty good. Classic, um, yeah. And then like Rudolph is also a classic. Like the the stop the stop motion, I think that's what it is, or the claymation. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some of those, some of those classics, like I, I enjoy sitting and watching those. Um, but also like just with the way sports has kind of infiltrated the holiday season, like I would much rather sit and watch a game than like a Christmas movie. <laughs> so I think that's a great segue to what we're about to talk about. Right. You know, talk about <laughs> the games, talk about some bowl games. We're in bowl yeah. season. You know? We, yeah, bowl season officially kicks off. We're we're going to have a bowl game discussion, kind of. Uh, most of the bowl games that I think we're going to pay attention to. I'm going to, pro- I'm not going to watch them all. I'm not going to make that claim, but like I'll watch most of these. Most of the SEC games, though, actually take place after Christmas. So that's, that'll probably be the bulk of our discussion, but we'll touch on some of the other ones that might be happening this weekend and next week. Um, but I wanted to start with the um, SEC schedule release, which uh, last night on ESPN, we got the full 2024 schedule now uh, for all 16 teams, right? Texas and Oklahoma joining the league next year, leaving the Big 12. We don't have times or TV details for TV details for all of these games. Um, but we have a few, um, including, right, the Alabama's big home game against Georgia on September 28th, uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. That'll be really cool. Um but we do know Alabama's full. We got dates for all these games, right? They August 31st, week one, they got Western Kentucky then South Florida, then they're at Wisconsin, bye week, home against Georgia, at Vanderbilt, South Carolina, at home, then they're at Tennessee, home against Missouri, another bye week, um, at LSU, Mercer at home, at Oklahoma, Auburn at home, and then if they get there, SEC championship game, obviously, in Atlanta the first weekend of December. Uh, John, you had some initial takeaways that you wrote up and posted on the site last night after the schedule was revealed. You don't need to give away all your good thoughts, but like, what was your maybe biggest takeaway seeing Alabama's full 2024 schedule? Yeah, I mean, we knew the opponents, but I think sometimes the order, you know, does matter. And I think, you know, it was, it was already out there, but I think one of the big ones, just having covered Alabama for a long time now, is that like you're just used to them always playing an FCS opponent before the Iron Bowl. It's just how it's always been from what I can remember. And so seeing that road trip to Oklahoma right before the Iron Bowl, that's a, a big change, I think. And that's 
you know, certainly a, a, a real challenge. Um, now they are still playing an FCS opponent um, and they'll play that in between LSU and Oklahoma, uh, which also, you know, that would be a really tough stretch if they had to do those back to back as well. So I think what you're seeing is, you know, big picture wise, uh, you know, the SEC added two schools, both of which uh, at least, right now based on what we've seen this past season are in good places um you know texas of course is in college football playoff oklahoma went what 10 and 2 um and and kind of just barely missed the nearest uh six day bowl uh so two really strong teams with of course a lot of traditional um history there as well so that that makes it harder for everybody you know you got to divvy those up um, i do think that the sec did a pretty good job of, of balancing things um you know i think we're going to focus more on the bigger name opponents since Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee, all them. But, you know, there's that stretch in the middle where they basically just play the SEC East. Um, I know this yeah. is, is dead now, but I mean, getting Vanderbilt and, um, you know, Missouri and South Carolina and, and all that. Um, I think that, that balances it out, I think. And I think the SEC did a good job of trying to, uh, you know, for the teams that maybe had, uh, higher level of opponents that they gave them for this year locked in. I think they did a good job of trying to balance that out uh, with the rest of the teams. Um, so again, I think it's, I mean, it's not an easy schedule. I don't think anybody's going to get an easy schedule in the SEC. There are stretches that are going to be really hard. Um, and I think, you know, there's a couple of games that I feel like you're already circling. Of course, that, that Bama Georgia game, you know, in that first month um, will just, it's huge, you know, and it's uh it's exciting to uh, to get a big game like that uh, early on in the season. Yeah, and that's kind of, um, you know, not to take away from Wisconsin, because I'm sure when they scheduled the game, Wisconsin, that was back when they were contending for the top of the Big Ten. Um, but, like, you, you kick off Georgia at the end of September, and then, you know, again, not to take away from Vanderbilt, but, like, you do kind of have, after Georgia, a slow build to, you know, Tennessee, Missouri, bye week LSU. Um, you know, so there is a little bit of an ebb and flow here. Whereas like this season, I feel like it was, you know, you get Ole Miss at the start and then you kind of build into that big home stretch where they had, you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, bye week LSU, you know, know, and then at that point it's like, you know, can you just finish the job? And they did. Um, so a little bit more, you know, up and down, like how does next year's team kind of handle that? Um, I thought was interesting. I also liked that, you know, they start back to back home games. And then they alternate, right? Like they're at Wisconsin, then they're home against Georgia at Vanderbilt, home against South Carolina at Tennessee, home against Missouri at LSU. Just thought that was kind of unique. Um, And there are some fun road trips for, you know, Alabama fans. And like, obviously for us, we're going to cover the team, right? Go to Camp Randall in Wisconsin, get to go back to Knoxville, get to go back to LSU, get to go to Oklahoma. Um, You know, never been there. That'll be kind of fun. At least I haven't been to Norman. So a lot of a uh, lot of interesting. Ta- I would say that, like you know, should we do like some way, 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 way too early picks? But um, with the transfer portal still open, and it will, you know, obviously, like I think players, players of the teams that did not make the college football playoff have until January second to put their names in the portal. Um, teams that lose in the semifinals, I think, have another week, and then the two teams that make it to the finals, I think, have until like January fifteenth to put their names in the portal, and then there's another fifteen day spring window. We don't know what these teams are going to look like, so like. You know, way, 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 way too early predictions. Um, as fun as it would be, would be probably the most foolhardy exercise. Um, you know, but this, like you said, like if you were to take maybe this year's team records, like there's, you know, LSU went nine and three, Oklahoma, Missouri both won 10 games. Georgia was obviously 12 and 0 before the SEC title game. Um, 
you know, South Florida ended up six and six. Like I know that that was a game that we did not enjoy watching when they were in Tampa, but they still got back to 500. Um, then obviously, you know, Auburn and, um, you know, Wisconsin, I don't know that Wisconsin finished six and six, but they were, they were in a pretty bad big 10 division, but I know they also had a first year head coach. So we'll see what just added Tower Van Dyke, you know, Miami transfer quarterback. Um, so you're going to see some teams upgrade in the off season, uh, you know, flip side, Oklahoma losing Dylan Gabriel to, to Oregon, you know, portal giveth and it taketh. Um, and I think that'll see that impact, but yeah, I mean, it's some real heavyweight opponents there and you're right. You know, I think, I wrote this yesterday. Like, I think, I think it's fairly balanced. You know, getting Georgia at home, getting Auburn at home. Um, I think those are obviously. I think Missouri is at home as well. Uh, those mm-hmm. are obviously, you know, important. But I mean, I've never covered a game at Wisconsin, but it's known for having a great atmosphere. Uh, LSU, I think, is LSU night game. I think is the best atmosphere in college football. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, two years ago was some of the loudest I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, and then Oklahoma, you know, and so those are four very challenging road environments. Now, I do think one of the things that's going to be really unique, I think, uh, just next year is that it just not only you adding Texas and Oklahoma, but you're seeing the playoff expand. And so it'll be, you know, you can potentially lose two games and still make the playoff. Not that you want to, of course, but I, I'm interested to see how that kind of changes the tenor of each game, uh, because I think for this year, especially when they lost to Texas early on every game was make or break, you know, if they lose, they're done. Um, and they had to win every one. And that was, that was, you know, kind of thrilling to, to, to cover and, and to watch. And of course, when they, you know, ended up making it, it made it even that much more incredible. Uh, so we'll see if, you know, next season brings that same level of intensity with the, uh, the expanded playoff. Yeah. That's uh that's Alabama's schedule. They released obviously the schedules for all 16 teams. Um, as I was kind of perusing them last night, um, you know, just some other quick takeaways from some of these schedules. They did Florida absolutely no favors. Um, do you see the final five games that Florida has next year? Um, Billy Napier Billy Napier's in trouble. November on, they have Georgia at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and then at Florida State. Um, good luck, guys. That's not uh, great, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. That's really tough. Um, they also, you know, they they kind of you know, welcome to the SEC moments, I think, for both Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma's got – Oklahoma just has a gnarly schedule in general, but, like, they have to go to Auburn, um, so have fun with that. They have to go to Ole Miss. They have to go to Missouri. They have to go to LSU um, on top of home games against Alabama, Tennessee. Um, they also have to play Houston in Tulane, so, like, you know, Willie Fritz's new team and his old team, um, also Tulane, former SEC school. Like, that could be kind of fun. I know that was way back when, but – They've been playing really good ball. Texas has uh, Texas. Their one of their big out of conference game is at Michigan, so that's going to be fun. But like they also, um, you know, they got to go to Arkansas. They got to go to A and M at the end of the year. They host Florida. They host Georgia. Um, so some pretty obviously they still got Red River as well, but that one's in Dallas. So um, Texas Georgia is going to be great. Um, yeah, and just so think about it like this: like Georgia, you know, obviously just missed the playoff this year. Um, but they're going to have to play, and again, teams will change. They lose guys, gain guys, whatever. But Georgia's going to have to play two playoff teams before even getting to a potential conference championship game. I mean, that kind of speaks to just how hard that road is going to be for everybody in the SEC. Um, that you know, that Georgia team next year could be really, really good, and yet they still have to play Texas and Bama, and then might have to play one of them again in a conference championship. Like that's that's pretty wild. 
Yeah. Well, and Georgia also has to go to Ole Miss. Um, they have to, they play Clemson at the beginning. I know Clemson kind of struggled this year, but they had a lot of really, really young players that have figured some things out on the back end of the schedule. Um, you know, Florida and Jacksonville, we'll see. Um, at Texas, they get Auburn at home. They get Tennessee at home. They wrap up with Georgia Tech, who gave them some trouble in that last game. So that'll be kind of interesting. Missouri, a 10-win team this year, has to go to A&M, to Alabama. Um, you know, they also have to go to South Carolina, which has been kind of giving them issues. But they get to host Oklahoma. They get to host Auburn. Um, so we'll see if they can navigate that and put together another back-to-back. -back, you know, talk about teams that are taking advantage of the portal. Um, you know, yeah. Mizzou's one of those teams that looks like they're reloading for next year. That'll be kind of fun. So, um, and then A&M, first-year coach Mike Elko, they have to go to Auburn. Um, you know, they get Arkansas at a neutral site, but then they host Missouri. Um, they host Texas at the end of the year. They kick off the season against Notre Dame, who still won nine games this year. Like, that is – there's a, there's a lot of big games on a lot of these schedules. This is going to be yeah, a Nelco, former Notre Dame defensive coordinator connections there. Um, it should be a, a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was texting some of this last night. Like, again, what it, for me, if the SEC, it always comes back to a simple thing. Like, in order to move up, somebody's got to move down. And you, you start rattling off all those names and just like, who's moving down for you to move up? You know, like Missouri feels like a team that, you know, historically – uh, has been more toward the bottom of the SEC, but they're obviously in a good place right now and they're recruiting well. And like, so they're not trying to slow down. Ole Miss is, you know, probably exceeding their historical results and they're doing really well in the portal and, and things like that. And so it's just, it's gonna be really fascinating to see. So you add teams like Texas and Oklahoma, which are used to, you know, are in a good place and they're used to historically doing well, who gets kind of pushed down for them to move up. Yeah, no, and it's not out of the realm of possibility, too, that, I mean, you know, we could see two 8-0 teams at the top of the SEC at the end of the year. We could also see multiple teams with one loss, perhaps multiple teams with two losses or a one-loss one, one team and multiple two-loss teams. So then it's like, okay, who gets to Atlanta, right? Like, now that there right. are no divisions, it's just the top two teams. So how, you know, how would they figure out those tiebreakers? Who would be the teams they get in? Um, you know, and then obviously there's, there's going to be college football playoff implications as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, teams jockeying for seeding, what the SEC championship game could do. Like, especially if there's, you know, like I'm, I'm picturing in my head, like this is way, way too far down the road, but like, you've got like a one loss, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, whoever against a two loss, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, whoever, like, does that third loss bump them out of the top 12 in the CFP poll? Like there's just, you know, some, yeah, some big sure. brain conversations here that, that could be had here. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but that's, uh, um, yeah, that's the, that's more or less the SEC schedule. Um, we'll know more dates and, or I guess one more times in TV details. We know they're all going to be on ESPN properties, but we'll know, we'll learn more kickoff times, um, probably as we get closer to the season, but any other final takeaways, what do you think of the two hour special on ESPN to reveal this whole thing? You know, good, good for them. Uh, <laughs> good, uh, you know, good for them making, uh, making it a spectacle. I mean, it's the SEC is, you know, I think they're seeing what the NFL and others have done, trying to turn it into this big spectacle. Um, you know, I respect them trying. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that it was the, uh, the most entertaining watch. Um, I think you have to be either people like us in which we're getting essentially paid to watch it or real hardcore sicko. Um, but beyond that, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was fine. I, you know, not, 
I didn't. I'll admit I didn't watch the full two hours, so uh, I saw what I, I did not either. Yeah, um, it was it was perfectly fine. Yeah, no, and and I do I appreciate them pulling a page out of the NFL book. Um, you know, but one thing the NFL has been very smart about, and I'm sure college football, not just the SEC, but college football in general, will probably try to adopt is the, the NFL has kind of spread their wings out across all 12 months. Um, and I feel like college football has tried to jam a lot into the month of December, just with conference championship games, the beginning of bowl games, um, transfer portal stuff, um, coaching movement. Like there's a lot that's been, you know, it's, we're recording this on December 14th. Like it has been the longest 14 days this month. Um, yeah. And I, I would argue that's a bad thing. Um, and I do think, yeah. and I was talking to, uh, our boss, um, about this the other day, like, yeah, I remember when that February signing day was so important and you built up to that. And now nobody cares about that. I mean, who knows how yeah. many kids will even sign in February. So you kind of took out all that. You scrunched it into the early signing day. You mentioned the coaching, the transfer portal, all these different things. Um, it's a very exciting month. Um, you know, friend of the program, Matt Zenitz, I know is, you know, burning up the phone, uh, phone hours right now and grinding away and all that. Um, which, but it's, it's honestly, it's hard to, even as someone in this world who, you know, gets paid to write and cover this stuff and tries to consume a lot of it, it's hard to keep up with it. Like you go off the grid for an hour and then like, you know, somebody mentioned, oh yeah, this kid ended up there. I was like, I didn't see that. When did that happen? You know, like kids are just popping in and ending up at places left and right. Um, and that's beyond just the coaching moves that are still happening too. It's just, it's very hard to keep up with. And I do think, you know, NFL, NBA too. I mean, NBA free agency, I think is honestly drives more value and more interest than the actual games. I think people love the intrigue of, you know, the emojis that people are tweeting out and all that. I remember for some of the NBA free agency stuff, like the college football would benefit from stretching it out. Some, especially like that March, April timeframe when spring practice is happening, but not that much is really happening. It'd be good to stretch it out some, uh, but we'll, we'll see how they try to figure that out. I know, the recruiting calendar in particular is a source of a lot of frustration for coaches. Yeah. I wonder that this could be a different, you know, podcast, but like, you know, just how do they spread out? What are, what are the things that they need to kind of juggle in order to spread out a little bit more? And, you know, cause I think the interest is there when it comes to college football to make it a 12 month sport. I mean, I feel like it already is with recruiting and whatnot. So, you know, mm -hmm. how can you take advantage of that and maybe spread out a schedule release, you know, maybe move the transfer portal, um, you know, obviously the schedule is going to change next year with the 12 team playoff. Cause you're going to have, you know, two extra rounds of games, right. And the first round is all going to, you know, the higher seeds are going to host. So that's, you know, it's going to be even crazier because all of that's happening right now, there'll be a playoff game happening, you know? Yeah. Like there's just, I, there, there's, I think there's opportunity and there's an appetite for stretching some of this stuff out just to space it out a little bit better. Um, for sure. So different podcast, different conversation, but um, interesting Good off season podcast idea. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down. How, how can we fix college football? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of one one thing that could be on that particular podcast, the bowl games start this month. They actually start this weekend, right? So there's 42 total bowl games between this Saturday, December 16th, all the way through January 1. Um, six of them this Saturday. Um, and scanning the list, I forgot how hilarious some of these bowl games are named. Like there's the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl because – Love it. Um, it's hilarious. The famous Toastery Bowl, which was formerly known as the Bahamas Bowl, but now it's being played in Charlotte. Um, there's the East Post Hawaii Bowl. That one's actually in Honolulu. There's the Starco <laughs> Brands LA Bowl that's hosted by Gronk. Like, do you want to go nice. to a bowl that's hosted by Gronk? I want to go to a bowl that's hosted by Was Gronk. that the one that was previously hosted by Jimmy Kimmel? It might have been. I'd, I'd have okay. to Google that one real quick. But um, I just I feel like with Gronk hosting a bowl, like the lead up to it, like that would like the football game would be fun because it's football, but like all the lead up to it, I think would be hilarious just because, you know, it'd be a party for sure. Um, quick Google search. I'm not sure if that was the one hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. So we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. The new Mexico bowl features New Mexico state, but the Arizona bowl does not have Arizona. They're instead in the Alamo bowl. Um, Florida obviously went five and seven, so they could not qualify for the tax Slayer Gator bowl. So instead, we get the Clemson Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats. That's a shame because Tiger is the most popular college mascot name. And the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl ended up with the Oregon State Beavers and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We do have Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl, but the Military Bowl has Virginia Tech and Tulane. Um, so we got to work on that. There are a lot of bowl games named after food, right? Like the Scooter's Coffee Bowl. I guess that's the Frisco Bowl hosted by Scooter's Coffee, mm -hmm. the big fan of Scooter's Coffee. There's the Avocados from Mexico Bowl that I can't say without singing the jingle in my head. Um, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the Duke's yep. Mayo Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl in Boston. I've been to Fenway a couple of times, and the first time I went, I had one of those Fenway Franks that had the really hot peppers, and my mouth was on fire for a week. Um <laughs> Not to be outdone, there's the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, um, hosted by Bad Boy Mowers at Yankee Stadium. I hope the winners get actual mowers, like because what would a college kid do with a mower? Um, there's the Pop-Tarts Bowl, where the winners actually get to eat Pop-Tarts. Like, that's a real thing. Um, you also got the Cheese at Citrus Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. Um, I could go on and on. But, John, if you could go to any one college bowl game for free, as long as it didn't include your team, which game would you go to? So we're knocking out the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, because I will be there in a month. Same. Um, and I'll I'll knock out um I mean, so I mean, in terms of most in I, I think you have to look at it in two ways. I'll give you an answer of 
what I think will probably be like what, what I have the most intrigue about. And then I think I need to make like a sicko pick or two. So I think most intrigue, just given all we've heard over the last couple of weeks, I mean, Georgia, Florida state, like that's the game that I probably want to be at. I want to see there's, it's a, a game that typically historically you worry about the effort from a team like Georgia, you know, after winning back-to-back national championships, ending up in a bowl game, they don't really want to be in Do guys opt out. Do you have a Florida state team that really wants to send a message? They want to claim a national championship. Like I'm just interested in seeing what two teams show up in that game. Um, I think that's going to be a really fascinating game. Um, all right, let me look, I'm looking at the list right now in terms of like a, I mean, Auburn, Maryland interests me. Um, I think that's could be an interesting one. Um, two teams so you that couldn't did, pick. You couldn't pick a bull with your favorite team, so you can't. I don't know that. You I don't have a favorite team. I'm just looking at the list. Um, I think. Uh, all right, let's see. What's a good? I mean, I actually think Arizona, Oklahoma is really interesting. Uh, I think in the Alamo Bowl, I think you know Arizona. I think is one of the great stories of college football this year. And then Oklahoma is really good. I mean, Oklahoma honestly should have been in a New Year's Six Bowl. And kind of just got barely edged out. So I think that's like, in terms of like a good game, I think that's great. Uh, of course, I'm interested in the Pop-Tart thing uh, in terms of who gets <laughs> to eat the Pop-Tart and what, you know, what the mascot tastes like and all that. I think that's going to be pretty weird. Uh, peak, peak bowl weirdness um, in that regard. And then uh, let's see, what else do I like here? I feel like I need to pick a lower bowl. Let me pick a lower bowl here. Um, this is great podcasting here as i just scroll on espn and try to find a game <laughs> that i like uh i'm sure the listeners are going to love this one um i, I well, think well you're looking i i want to go to the starco brands la bowl hosted by gronk because i just okay. want to see what all the pre-game madness that gronk has planned right because i'm assuming he's actually going to be the masters of ceremonies for this thing yeah i, I think that i think that's right uh I, you know i don't know what famous toastery bowl is i'm kind of intrigued by that um friend of the program michael casagrande big western kentucky guy uh, i know he'll be excited about that one uh, i think that will be uh will be interesting um yeah i i think that's i don't know like, what other lower bowl like i actually think unfortunately um like birmingham bowl if both those teams hadn't just lost their head coaches i think that actually would have been pretty intriguing between troy and duke but Troy lost John Summerall to Tulane. Duke lost um, Mike Elko to Texas A&M, obviously. And then also, you know, Duke's top quarterback, Riley Leonard, uh, left for uh, for Notre Dame. And so that's kind of like the, like, what could have been bowl for me um, in some ways. The but, interim you know, bowl. Yeah, it's the interim bowl. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, – well, actually, here, I'll give you one more. Here's my final pick, uh, just because of where it is. Las Vegas Bowl, get to see ah. Kyle Whittingham maybe roll in on a motorcycle like he did for McAfee. Uh, just I think Utah is going to whip Northwestern in that game, but I think it'd just be fun to be out. Um, be fun to be out in Vegas and uh, you know, hang out for a couple of days. That's not a bad, bad locale. Uh, the, the other one, the Sun Bowl always has one of the coolest, I think that's like one of the coolest TV broadcasts and just like how it looks. Um, and that's actually a, a good game. Um, Oregon state. So Notre was, Dame. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, I watched the video of uh, their like bowl director guy. He was like crying over getting Notre Dame. He was so excited. <laughs> he, he was like, he wants all those excited. eyeballs, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, I think the, I think the game, 
I think I saw a story, might have been an athletic or something like that. The game sold out like very quickly, like within 24 hours, it basically sold out. Heck yeah. Why not? That I that that one looks like a good game. I know Oregon State just lost their coach, but like they still, you know, most of the guys that are still there, um, you know, they've done a pretty good job recruiting. I would go to the Hawaii Bowl just because I've never been to Hawaii and that just sounds fun. Um, Fair. I would also go to the famous Toastery Bowl if they turned it back into the Bahamas Bowl because I've never been to the Bahamas. Um, clearly, I'm looking for like ideal. Yes, yeah, like, so you don't care about the football is what you're telling me. You just want a place to go. Well, see, so those games are actually kind of fun, right? Because you look at the famous Toastery Bowl. It is Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Um, I have a bone yeah. to pick with Old Dominion because they they got rid of their wrestling program uh, during COVID. And so I'm just like perpetually mad at them. Um, <laughs> so maybe like as a writer, like probably not the best game for me to go and cover because I'd probably just a negative slant on Old Dominion no matter what. Um, but the Hawaii Bowl, like San Jose State and Coastal Carolina, like that has like really good group of five, like we are both going to score 40 points today vibes, um, or at least potential. And so like, I would like, not only am I on an island, but like, you know, potentially a very entertaining game there. Oh, do you know one that we didn't even mention yet that I feel regret not mentioning now? Iowa, Tennessee. That's a sicko game. That's one that I feel like that's one that I would definitely want to be at. Uh, just such a great contrast in like offensive capabilities. Um, I think that would, that would be enjoyable for me. I think that's, is that, yeah, it's based in Orlando. So you're not going to go to Orlando, go to Disney world or uh, universal for a day or two, and then uh, watch the ride that is Iowa offense. When you say start contrast in offensive abilities, you mean one of them has ability and the other one, <laughs> the other one just plays Correct. defense. <laughs> is, uh, is, is Brian Ferentz, is he coaching in that game? Is that his last ride? So far as I know, yes. He. I mean, listen, he, he might pull out all the stuff. Weirdest thing, right? Like college football is a weird sport, but like, hey, we are going to fire you at the end of the year, but we will let you continue to coach these last five or six games. Pretty weird. And also you're – the son of the head coach, uh, which makes it yeah, also right? weird, um, weird times. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think there's a, it's a pretty good slate. Um, obviously the, you know, we'll talk a lot more about the, the Rose bowl um, and the sugar bowl when later on time comes. And those are obviously very specific to us here with Bama and Texas, uh, Bama, excuse me, Bama, Michigan and then Texas, uh, Washington. But I, I do think there it's kind of a fun slate. I mean, it is, it's, I like, uh, I like bowl games and that like you wake up, get on the couch. I don't know. Yeah, they're just on. It's just like, yeah. I don't even really know what this game is. I don't really care much about it, but I'll watch it. And that's like, whenever people complain about there's too many bowl games, like the answer is yes, there are, but also like, who cares? Like why, if, why not have that many bowls, you know, like let people enjoy them. Uh, and that, they, you know, the bowls is another podcast, but the bowls have, you know, taking a hit, I think, in terms of their interest and importance. And obviously, with the playoff expanding even more, you worry about people caring even less and less about these things. So let them have their moment. Let the, let the kids have fun. Let, let the famous Toastery Bowl have its moment uh, in the sun. Yeah, and it's similar to, um, you know, like the first couple of days or the first, really, I mean, the first weekend of like March Madness and the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. Like you just wake up and games are on right or like you're just going about your day and like games are on and you're getting results like all the time and like like 12 of the next what 16 days have bowl games right like you get random tuesday night bowl games and random thursday night bowl games and you know four or five of them on a friday or a saturday like it's just you know it's i think it's going to be a really really fun um you know it's funny that you um 
it's funny you mentioned the LA, the Tennessee Iowa game um, because there are there are so there are eleven total SEC teams. Um, there's actually only nine that made bowl games, but I'm counting Texas and Oklahoma um, just because. So you've got um, obviously you've got Tennessee Iowa. They're in the Citrus Bowl. LSU Wisconsin, the Relia Quest Bowl. Um, okay, Georgia Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Auburn Maryland in the Music City Bowl. That one's in Nashville, right? Ole Miss Penn State. That's a fun one in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Um, Missouri, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Cody Schrader's last ride, um, if he plays. I hope he plays. Uh, Kentucky, Clemson in the Gator Bowl. Oklahoma, Arizona in the Alamo Bowl. That should be a really fun one. And then A&M, Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. Um, and then, obviously, Alabama, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Texas, Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Um, excluding the two playoff games, which of those SEC team bowl games interest you the most i know you mentioned georgia florida state is it that yep. one or are there other ones yeah i think it's, it's georgia florida state um i think for sure but i mean th- there's you mentioned them there's multiple marquee matchups and i i do think that the whole bowl game record using comparison i think is a little silly just because especially in the current world we live in with opt-outs and things like that. You just don't know if you're really getting a full team. And I think we're seeing, I think Ohio State's had multiple guys opt out already. And I'm starting quarterbacks in the portal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's a good example. So like if Missouri beats Ohio State, is that a big win for Missouri? Absolutely. That's be huge. But does that mean that the SEC is automatically better than the big 10 because of that game i don't i don't think it's fairness to compare because i you know again so you know that's always one of the tricky things when it comes to that stuff but when you look at the like marquee matchups the ones that in theory matter the most excluding obviously alabama michigan it's georgia Florida state it's you know ohio state missouri and then it's ole miss penn state because i think those will be used to compare these big time conferences um and again i think if Georgia wins against Florida State, I think it helps quiet that conversation. I think if Florida State beats Georgia, again, I think, I mean, we're already seeing they're trying to start an investigation into the college football playoff committee. So I think Unreal. it's almost a guarantee that someone, now I don't know if it's Florida State, but someone will try to encourage Florida State to claim a national championship um, if they beat Georgia in that game. Um, so that that's, that's just, a, I think the, the stakes for that game are the most important for any non semifinal game, in my opinion. Um, And I think it's just interesting to see what, you know, what kind of momentum Georgia can have going into next year. Again, do they, do they show up? Do they play? Or, you know, there are a couple of times where Alabama has had those non um, playoff games where they, you know, I think there was a sugar bowl where they lost to, uh, I think it was Oklahoma. They lost to, I think Utah and one where it's just like you saw they just didn't fully show up. You know, they, they thought they were going to be playing a national championship. They didn't, they weren't fully invested and they played a team that wanted to knock them off. And like Florida state, again, is going to be very, very fired up to knock off Georgia. Uh, so we'll see if Georgia has the kind of resiliency to, to do it. Um, you know, you look at the rest of them, I'll go through them real fast. Uh, you know, A&M has a, you know, an interim, it's not Mike Elko coaching. That kind of takes a little bit of the luster away from me. Uh, Oklahoma, Arizona, I already mentioned that one. I think that's a really exciting game. I'm really intrigued yeah. by that one. Uh, Kentucky Clemson. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to get really fired up for that one, to be honest with you. Um, LSU, Wisconsin. That's kind of an interesting one. Uh, I assume, do we know if Jaden Daniels is playing in that game? 
I haven't heard yet. Um, you know, if he does, I feel like LSU is going to light up Wisconsin. If he doesn't, I think that game becomes all the more intriguing, um, you know, because then we get a look at who LSU's quarterback next year is going to be, right? It's, I think you're right. I think it's more intriguing long-term. I think it's less intriguing short-term. Like I, I would love to see Jaden Daniels light it up one more time, you know, in college. And so if he's not playing, I think that lessens some of my interest in watching that game. But if you care more about football and like, all right, what does this mean for them next year? Then you are probably interested. And it's, you know, I think we've talked about this with Alabama, like Bryce Young playing last year, you know, it was fun to see him go out and they obviously won big. And I think it did give them momentum into this year. But I remember at the time us talking, be like, kind of want to see Jalen, you know, start a game. I want to see how he looks against a pretty high quality opponent, Kansas State. So it'd be interesting to see does Jaden want that one last ride or uh, does he kind of, you know, pass in the baton to see who's kind of coming up next? Yeah. No, I think that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, the, so I've, I've kind of talked about this loosely with friends. Um, just, you know, my friends who are back in the Midwest and, you know, in the Missouri, Kansas area. Um, and they're, you know, they, they, they spent all of what, two weeks ago, like asking me to break down why Alabama got picked over Florida state. Um, you know, and I told them, you know, because at that point we knew that Florida state, Georgia was the orange bowl. I was like, look, Florida state wins that game. Like, it doesn't even have to be convincingly. I will sit and listen to them whine for the entire year because yeah. I I agree that they got screwed. I also agree that Alabama was more deserving of being number four than Florida State. We hashed that out um, on that initial reaction podcast. So mm -hmm. um, I think that'll be interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel like Georgia, most of their team's pretty young. So like, you know, outside of maybe Bowers um, and it sounds like Carson Beck's coming back. So like, most of that team's going to show up. So like yeah. which Florida state team do we see? Um, you know, that one, I, that'll be interesting. Same thing with LSU, Wisconsin, same thing. I think with, with Tennessee, Iowa, Tennessee's got, they've had a lot of portal entries. So what version of Tennessee is Iowa going to play? I know a lot of Tennessee's portal entries have been defensively as well. So like yep. Iowa's offense actually moved the ball. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but a lot of Iowa's defense is coming back too. So like wh whoever is there for Tennessee's offense, like, you're going up against a brick wall. So like have fun. Um, I, and I also like the, the Ole Miss Penn state. Cause it sounds like I, I, you know, a few portal entries here and there, but it also looks like Ole Miss is one doing a lot of damage in the portal. And two, they're having a lot of guys who are announcing that they're coming back next year. So that could be yep. a fully loaded Ole Miss team um, against a Penn state team who, again, I don't follow religiously, but like, it sounds like they're going to be fully loaded for what should be a pretty fun peach bowl in Atlanta on December 30th. So that could be a fun one. Um, and then, I yeah, think the know. last time Ole Miss was in the Peach Bowl, it ended very poorly for them. Uh, I think that <laughs> I think it's when they played TCU and got crushed. Uh, so maybe we'll see a, a better version. But you're right. I mean, there's, um, I mean, for if Ole Miss can go 11 and two this year, I mean, that's an awesome year uh, for Lane Kiffin. And like you said, I think they've been very aggressive in the portal. Uh, I think they have a really strong collective um, that's well run and and. They're just doing a really good job. I, I do think there's some there's some staying power with this Ole Miss program right now, and I think they can further make that point by beating Penn State. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be that'd be a very impressive win to cap on. What's been a pretty very not just a pretty good year, but a very very good year for them um, outside of two games. Um, that's really all the the thoughts I had on the Bulls and the SEC matchups in the Bulls, um, and that's really all I had planned for today's show. Unless there's anything else we want to get off our chest, John. No, I mean, I'll just uh, plug uh, 
our guy Brett's been doing a great job recruiting. Next week's a big recruiting week. Um, I don't know if we'll knock on wood. We'll see how much excitement Alabama has, but you know, early signing day is always a big deal, and we're seeing at least with Georgia. You know, all the Dylan Rayola stuff is uh, very intriguing. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what plays out for Alabama down the stretch here. But that's kind of amidst all of uh, what we're talking about right now. You know, that's a big week for recruiting next week. I'm sure you'll have Brett on the show, and uh, you know, that's kind of another one of the big things happening right now. So I'm excited to see uh, see how Alabama finishes. It doesn't look like Alabama is going to finish number one this year, but um, still obviously a, a really good recruiting class. Yeah, I think they're, as of right now, number four. Um, yeah, I they're, think like they're just maybe, behind. Yeah. There may be potential for them. You know, if I think they're, they're still targeting a few guys who might, you know, maybe they end up number three, but I don't know that it ends up any higher than that. Um, so we'll see. Um, the plan is tentatively to see if we can get Brett on the pod next week. One final recruiting update before all these kids put pen to paper. Um, less than a week from the early signing period, 11 days away from Christmas. Um, so we'll see. So podcast might be a little touch and go next week. Um, and then obviously the week after that with Christmas, we'll all be down in LA for the Rose Bowl. So there'll be a little bit more consistent after that. So in the meantime, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Stitcher, Spotify, even our Bama 247 YouTube page. Subscribe to Bama 247 and 247 Sports. We're running a special. I feel like we're always running a special, but please take advantage of it, guys. 50% off for a year for a VIP membership. It's about $50 for 12 whole months of the best Alabama sports content on the internet. You should absolutely take advantage of that. You can read me. You can read John. You can listen to this podcast. It's all great stuff. Thank you, John, again, for joining me today. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we will talk to you all again soon.